0: What's good? What's good, party people? I am your host, Candia Johnson. Welcome to Candid Conversations. So today we're talking about the mindset shifts you need to make to get over your fear of selling yourself to a potential client or hiring manager. This topic was inspired by a Q&A request I received from quite a few people on my email list. I did a poll around some of the things that people were possibly struggling with or, uh, the challenges they were having as it relates to getting to that next level of success. And so selling yourself was one of the top picked options. And I just got off a zoom call with my, she deserves more accountability group. So I'm still a little hype, right? I still, I'm still riding the energy of, let me get your mind right around selling all of the amazingness that you have to offer, of course, to the right audience. And so this month and my group, our theme, every month we have a theme, this month's theme is developing your signature talk. Now, signature talk is a presentation and marketing tool you can use to attract clients and you can deliver it online or in person. So one of my group members has a talk that she's doing uh, over the weekend. Another one is going to use it to um, draw in people to sign up for her business directory. So you can use it in many different ways. And it's all about turning your experiences into a story, turning it into something that provides value to your audience. And ultimately, at the end of it, you want to make the ask, right, to get them to invest in the business of you. So several of the success partners in my group We're still struggling with talking about themselves, right? Finding it a bit awkward to talk about their accomplishments. That sound familiar, right? Finding it a bit sleazy to kind of sell yourself, but don't worry. Okay. I'm the same energy I gave them. I'm here to give it to you. And you know, guess what? Sometimes I have to give the energy to myself (laughs) because I still fall into that trap at times but the difference the only difference between you and me right now is probably i know how to talk to myself and get my mind right okay there's no greater conversation than the conversation that you have with yourself and so i want you to first embrace the fact that this awkwardness sleazy feeling you get from selling or marketing yourself and putting yourself out there is very common common it's very common So, and I'm going to give you an example. In 2016, I experienced a bit of a shift, right, in my business. And so I started seriously offering a series of communication and leadership development workshops to different companies and organizations. And so people hiring managers, uh, presidents of companies, founders, they would hire me to come in and conduct a workshop on how to have leadership presence, how to package, pitch, and present your ideas using the power of storytelling, how to have difficult yet courageous in conversations with your team. And so anytime a person hires me, I always hop on the call with them to have a discussion and find out the specific reason why they're asking me to do this workshop or this talk, right? Is there an incident that happened recently Um, Is there something that uh, a shakeup at the company? Are people disgruntled or feeling uncertain right now? Because this tells me how I need to kind of begin (laughs) my presentation and maybe some of the things that I need to really spotlight or exercises or activities that I need to do for that specific day. However, Once I finally step into the room to actually conduct the workshop, before I even delve into the topic, I also ask my attendees to write down on an index card the top two things that they are struggling with as it relates to whatever topic I'm discussing that day. And I found two things. One, there's often a disconnect between what executives think The problem is and what employees think and know the problem is. And two, 90% of the time, one of the top two struggles employees would mention had to do with a limiting belief, a toxic thought, or an assumption they were making about a person or a situation. And ultimately, it stopped them from speaking up. It stopped them from presenting their ideas and having conversations and ultimately getting to the place that they want it to be. So some of the thoughts, for instance, is like, I don't want to look stupid. I don't want to come off pushy or forceful. I want to say this, or I want to offer this solution, but what if I get it wrong, <laughs> right? Uh, what if I don't know the answer? I don't want people to think I'm incompetent. What if people ask me, you know, to do something that I'm not capable of doing? So after conducting a gazillion of these types of uh, uh, assessments, right, when I would do a workshop, there was always an aha moment because I realized the mindset was a recurring challenge for many people at many different levels, right? And so with that came an understanding that I could walk into a conference room, and I could give you the best tactics and techniques and methods to achieving your goals and ultimately getting where you want to be. I could actually give you the script of what to say and how to say it. But if there's a thought, a limiting or outdated belief that competes with that tactic, that script, that technique, it doesn't matter what I give you. You're going to stay in the comforts of that toxic thought that's keeping you stuck. And so I began to really embrace um, the fact that all of my um, workshops and my talks needed to come with mindset and method. It needed to come with how you can manage your mind and then execute on the method. So the very first mindset shift that I want to talk about is, it's not about you, it's about them. (laughs) It's not about you. It's about them. Now, I do understand that a common struggle or, or challenge that we often tell ourselves is, well, Candia, yeah, I don't feel confidence. Here's the thing. Confidence comes last. People have to understand that while I believe, you know, confidence is a is necessary, right? On selling yourself. Courage and curiosity lead you to confidence. And I believe that sometimes you focus so much on being confident that you're laser focused on being perfect and saying the right things to talk about yourself and sell your accomplishments. And the reality is curiosity is where you should be. So what does it mean to be curious? It starts with asking questions and being open to listening. Asking questions are an essential part of the selling yourself process. In fact, I believe it's one of the biggest things that people overlook when it comes to preparing to effectively sell themselves because they don't know their audience. So you have to shift from what do I need to say to sell myself to who am I selling myself to? People often ask, how do I stand out? And my response is always, who are you trying to stand out for? Because your sales pitch the experiences and the results that you're going to share with this group of people, that's going to change based on who you are talking to and what they are struggling with and what they desire more than anything in the world. That's going to help you uncover the story that you actually or the pitch that you actually need to start with. So it's not about you. It's about them. If you are a consultant or a coach and you have an email list, send your list a few questions to find out how you can better serve them. What are you struggling with right now? Hey, I'm working on a new program. Which options resonate most with where you are in your career? Again, get insanely curious about the people you are serving. If you are trying to get promoted at work, the person who's ideally responsible for promoting you has to see the value in what you do. But then again, value is subjective. It all comes down to what they deem as valuable. So you have to identify what's most important to them. What does success look like for them? So I would schedule a meeting with them and say, hey, Mary, the manager, ideally in six months or one year, I'd like to step into the role of you know regional sales director. For a person at my level, what are some of the things I should be doing now to prepare? What does success look like for you? That way, you can figure out how your past accomplishments meets their future needs. Or at the very least, you can prepare for your moment at the interview table. Again, let curiosity guide you to ask questions and listen. It's not about you. It's about them. People want you to understand their past, present, and future. Okay? Mindset shift number two is for my peeps. Who say, I don't want to come off like I'm bragging. I feel awkward talking about myself. I need you to shift your mindset from selling to serving. You're not selling, you're serving. You're not selling, you're helping. Take the focus off of you again. And listen, <laughs> it's not bragging if it's a fact. Every day, you should ask yourself, when you have a serving mindset, right? Every day, you should ask yourself, how can I serve my ideal client? How can I provide them with resources, tools, insights, right, to do their job more efficiently or make their lives easier? A lot of the selling yourself really comes down to understanding human behavior. It's about understanding what people value in life. We all love and pay for convenience. So how can you make Your ideal clients life easier so I developed a value quadrant for communicating the value of what you do because typically people pay and value for things right so here are four types of questions you can ask yourself one how can you save or make them some money Two, how can you reduce the time it takes for someone to do something or maybe even shorten their learning curve? Three, how can you help them alleviate a headache or a hassle? Four, how can you give them access to community? How can you give them access to resources or a cause something much greater than themselves? You can even include an experience in that. How can you give them an experience that takes them out of their world, even if it's just for a few moments? So people typically pay for convenience in one of those four key areas. And if you can tap into one of those things, that's your way of serving your audience. That, in fact, is your unique value proposition. So in a sense... What you do again is not about you, it's about them. You're just the bridge, you're the vehicle. How are you serving your people? How are you providing them with the resources, tools, and insights to do their job more efficiently? Mindset shifts number three. We rolling along, party people. Selling is storytelling, period. Your story is your moneymaker, but no one is going to invest in you if you are invisible. No one is going to invest in you if that story doesn't resonate with where they've been, where they are, and where they want to be. So a compelling short story, because listen, we all suffer from, you know, a short attention span right now. (laughs) A short kind of 30 30 to 60 second story is often needed probably every day. That's another thing. We often think that selling is a one-time event. And if you're in the service industry, it's not an overnight process. You need to guide people into kind of like the no-like trust factor before the deal is sealed, right? And also a story, in a sense, allows you to back up the skills you claim you have. So prior to me delving into this crazy world of entrepreneurship, I worked in corporate America for a management consultant firm As a communication and learning consultant. And so I would develop and conduct trainings and lead communication campaigns for clients who wanted to get the word out about a new service or some sort of initiative. So, because a lot of the projects that I worked on had a lot to do with spreading awareness, getting people to change their behavior or make better decisions, the aha moment for me was. Embracing the fact that even if I uh, had a group of people who worked at the same company, their needs, struggles, and challenges were inherently different. So in order to get them to buy into this new initiative, it was important that I get to know them so I could explain the why behind the change, but also make it relate to how they would go about their days and how it related to the challenges and the struggles for that specific group, how this specific initiative would make their lives easier or what would change for them as a department. So sure, you could have this one initiative that you're trying to roll out um, or you're trying to offer to your employees, but how it affects people who work in sales is different than how it's going to affect my people who work in technology. So success with those initiatives came down to crafting stories that sell for that specific group, stories that focused on the value that this one initiative would bring to these very different audiences. So in a nutshell, it's like the what's in it for me syndrome, which we all are guilty of. We all suffer from it. You open an email and you're thinking, what does this have to do with me? First two lines, you want to know, what does this have to do with my life? What do you want for my life? Okay, that's what I be saying to myself. But I know y'all be wondering sometimes when you look at them emails and you're like, what does this have to do with me? Someone lands on your website. They have three to five seconds and they're like, what's in it for me? Someone lands on your Instagram uh, feed or your Facebook feed or they scrolling past your post and they're thinking, what's in it for me? So if you don't know how to, if you don't learn how to embrace the what's in it for me syndrome, whether it's visually or contextually, that person is going to be off to the next best thing. See ya in three to five seconds. And that's an industry fact, people. <laughs> the three to five second kind of attention span is a fact. It's an industry standard. And, you know, listen, let's not overcomplicate things. Okay. Our attention span is, sport- is short. So being able to craft kind of a one to three sentence story is key, particularly now. It doesn't, when I say story, I'm not talking about a 300 word, 500 story. I'm talking about quick hitters, right? And so even when I think about, again, working as a consultant in a management consultant firm, I would have to interview, although I worked for one firm. I would have to interview over and over again and pitch myself over and over again for different client projects. So I would say on average, my client projects were about three to six months in duration. Sometimes they were short, like four to six weeks, but on average, they were about three to six months. And so several times a year, I still had to go through the process of interviewing and submitting my resume, which put me in a forever mood of... I would say crippling anxiety because, of course, you know, two to three months goes by really, really quickly. And so... If I was on a three-month engagement in two months, I would be like, oh, my God, I got to find another, pl- another client. I got to find another project. But it also put me in a forever mood of keeping track of my accomplishments, my results, and client feedback, like literally documenting them. We had a system that we would have to input and keep our resume up to date. And so sometimes in preparation for those interviews, sometimes the interviewer was the client, and sometimes it was the project manager. Maybe even members of the project team would interview me and to prepare for those interviews I would have to do you know some digging and I would reach out to my colleagues like hey do y'all know this this manager what should I be prepared for I'm interviewing he's leading this project what should I be prepared for right and so you know I would get something like oh he's a numbers guy you better know your numbers and if you can show him an Excel spreadsheet or a PowerPoint presentation he's gonna love you but then sometimes I I would be faced with multiple people in in an interview right and so I would have to prepare a short story for Bill the lover of spreadsheets but then there was Kathy and I had to learn that she loves the client experience so I had to be able to tailor my story for those specific people in that room and relate a bit ultimately I want you to understand this relatability is key Right. So when you think about your story, when you think about those three sentences, you're focusing on context, some sort of conflict and your exact role in creating a solution and the ultimate result or transformation that the client or the person experienced from that solution. Ultimately, I want you to understand, regardless of your industry or the level you're at, in your career right now, you are playing a dangerous game when you fail to develop more than one story for yourself. So when you think about embracing the mindset shift of selling as storytelling, it comes down to one question. How can you your track record make their lives easier or more profitable, <laughs> right? That's, that's really the bottom line. And friendly reminder, your story isn't about you. It's about them. Make your client or the person you've helped, make them the hero. That's how you sell with stories. You make someone else the hero. You take people through that context, that situation. You take them through the conflict. You include yourself as the person who offered the solution, but then you bring it back to your client or the person you've helped and talk about all the wonderful things that they're doing right now in the, the space that they're currently in right now with the solution that you created or you offered to them. Mindset shift number four. We're moving along, party people. The value you bring to the table or the level of service you provide will be the wrong offer for some people. And that's okay. So I often hear people say, what if people don't like my offer? What if they don't like my ideas? What if they don't buy my services? What if they don't subscribe to my channel? Blah, blah, blah. You get the hint. I've been there. Here's the thing. Your goal is not to reach all people. Your goal is to reach the right people. In the process of putting yourself out there, you're going to have to be okay with people not being interested in what you have to say or people not or, you know, following along in your video series or people unsubscribing from your email list or unfollowing you. Another part of this mindset shift is also understanding an increase in numbers doesn't solve your problem of selling yourself. Because the reality is, you could have a you know a YouTube channel, let's say with five hundred people. You can also have someone else with a YouTube channel with five people. If you can't get anyone on that list of five hundred to buy from you, what's the point? The person with a, a YouTube channel with five people could do a video and sell four out of five. They're more successful than you. So who cares? So that's one of the things that I've had to embrace too. Is that the numbers. Do not equate to success. You can even have the right offer for the wrong person. Or it could be the wrong time. There are levels of awareness that you have to take people through at times, particularly my consultants and coaches and other service-based entrepreneurs. Sometimes there's a level of awareness that you have to take people through to get them to invest in whatever it is you're selling right? Some people may suspect that they are doing something wrong, but they're still not sure that they need help. So you may need to educate them on some of the signs, symptoms, and even risk of not addressing this particular pain point, right? Some people know they want the outcome. They know the desires of their heart, but they don't know that your solution can help them achieve their goals, So you may have to put some time into nurturing them towards the fact that you are actually the person they can trust to get them to the place that they ultimately want to be. Mindset shift number five. Yes, you can be an expert or leading authority in your field and not know everything. Stay focused on what you know versus what you don't know right? So I had someone say, you know, everyone's teaching people how to make five and six figures. And I said, well, can you teach people how to make three figures or four figures? Have you done that repeatedly? Because that's who you need to focus on. There's a gazillion people out here right now that are two steps behind where you are right now. Teach them, focus on them. Selling yourself doesn't mean you have to know everything. Selling yourself is about uh, confidently, right? It's about having an unshakable belief in your ability To bounce back from a failure or a mistake. And again, failure is all in your mind. It's all about how you perceive it. When it comes to failure, failure is just really the the feedback that you can get from it to help guide you in a better direction. So again, selling yourself doesn't mean you have to know everything. Stick with what you know. Focus on what you know. Sometimes we get so focused on what we don't know That it keeps us stuck. Sometimes we get so focused on, oh, well, what if I don't know the answer? Then you don't know the answer. It's just as simple as that. Like, that's way out of my wheelhouse. I say that all the time during training. That's not my area of genius, but I know someone who may know someone who can help you sort of thing. Right? So you don't have to know everything. Now, the next mindset shift, number six, is is about my peeps who say, I want to start something, but everyone's doing it. I want to start a podcast, but everyone is doing it. Who cares? I need you to shift from, but everybody is doing it, to so what if everybody is doing it? So a few years ago, I think it was maybe 2009 or 2010, I traveled to Cairo, Egypt, and I remember visiting the Egyptian Museum, and there was a particular exhibit. I I believe it was um, King Tut's exhibit and I was blown away. It still blows blows me away to think about my time um, walking through that museum because there were so many artifacts, and there were so many things like jewelry, bangles, rings, even the eyeliner that they use. There were so many things that were very reminiscent of the things we know and love today. It was scary. But I left, even until this day, still feeling like it's nothing new under the sun. Everyone takes an idea and refines it or tweaks it to make it their own. So I need you to kind of get away from this whole, but everybody's doing it syndrome. So what? Everybody is not you. If you have too many ideas, pick one. Pick the one idea that's either going to bring you the most money or it's going to lay the foundation for breathing life into the other ideas that you have. Clarity comes from action, not thought. So the best thing you can do is put yourself out there and again, ask questions, kind of test, get this trial and error mindset, this experimental mindset that once I put myself out there, I am going to get feedback and I am going to get insights that's going to help me tweak and refine my offerings along the way. Right? So the next mindset shift, I need my peeps who say, I don't think people will pay me for this. I need you to shift from, I don't think people will pay me for this to who can I get to pay me for this? Now, there are three ways I want you to look at this. Number one, if you don't ask, the answer is always no. Sometimes it's the way you ask and sometimes you're asking the wrong person. The other way I want you to look at this is just as much as you you, as it's your dream to kind of get a yes. I want you to dream about being able to handle the no because it's a package deal. (laughs) It's also a sign that you're actually doing the work. The other thing, again, is about understanding value. Remember, people pay for pay for convenience. Sure, people can Google it, but guess what? Some people want a tried and true tested method from someone they trust. They don't want to go down the rabbit hole of attending Google University or YouTube University. Some people just want personalized attention from someone they trust. Someone who shares their same beliefs or values to tell them what to do. So stop overthinking it. And this is probably the most important thing I want you to understand when it comes to overthinking your abilities. Just because it comes easy to you doesn't mean it comes easy to everyone else. That easiness is your moneymaker, aka your it factor, aka the value you deliver to someone. Stop overthinking it. Make it easy for people to pay you. They can't pay you if you don't ask. (laughs) Okay? Mindset shift number nine. Now, I often encounter a lot of people, including myself, let me not be a hypocrite here, and say, I hate social media and I don't want people in my business. I don't want to be a part of a click on social media. Then don't. <laughs> now, listen, this has been my struggle, so I'm going to laugh my way through this. But listen, I'm in a better place right now. So here's the thing. This is how I learned to really, really challenge and change my story about using social media. Self-awareness throughout this whole entrepreneurial journey is key to your freedom. It unlocks, literally it can unlock your next level of success, but you have to be open with it. And I had to be honest with myself about using it, um, and comparing myself, but also looking for approval and validation from some of the things that I was doing. Now, I do believe, you know, some approval and a validation is, is a little bit healthy, but these apps will have you looking for that feeling every single day. And that's when it becomes dangerous, right? And for me, last year, I took a three to four month Hiatus from Instagram, Twitter, also Facebook. And um, when I decided to return, right, from my social, kind of my social media detox, I promised myself that the only way I would return is if I used it to create more than I consume. So with that came the realization that, okay, I'm running a business. So saying I hate social media is saying I hate making money. (laughs) Saying I hate social media is saying I hate attracting new clients. Saying I hate social media is saying I hate helping people step into the next best version of themselves. And the truth of the matter is I love all of these things. So, you know, now social media shouldn't be, of course, your only way to reach your clients, but right now it's one of the best ways to connect and build trust. Visibility is important. You can boost visibility and trust with the right audience with consistency and creating value for specific people who use social media and secondly you control the narrative of course you don't want all people in your business you want the right people in your business though right so you have to showcase your work my best advice to you is to use social media to create more than you consume. Create more relationships, create more value, create more meaningful connections with collaboration partners so you can level up and leverage their audience to ultimately, you know, showcase your work and sell your services. Create more ways for people to access your services and learn more about the value you can create in their lives. So you have to really shift your thinking from the whole, you know, I hate social media to you know, how can I use it to create more value for people instead of using it to consume what other people are doing? Because that's what leaves you in the rabbit hole of, you know, comparing yourself and looking for approval and validation. The next mindset shift, I need y'all to own your BS, aka your belief system. (laughs) I need you to own your BS and form a new one. Your BS is the excuses you resort to when you think something can't happen for you. It's the outdated ways of doing things or responding to, you know, things that happen to you, whether it comes from how you were raised as a child to believe the world works or to believe how relationship works, or it's just an outdated way of doing things. Every now and then you have to pause and update your belief system like you update your iPhone or your Android device system. So I often hear people say, oh, I can do this for cheaper. Well, why haven't you done it yet? (laughs) And of course you could do it for cheaper, but let's consider this. Is it the best use of your time? Is it going to save you time? Is it going to save you a hassle or a headache? Are you great or are you just good at it? Because if you're just good at it, you need to outsource it. And so you can focus on what you're great at. Our last mindset shift is probably one of the most important mindset shifts you need to focus on. And that is talent is overrated. Sales talent is overrated. While I do believe some people are natural you know, for kind of selling themselves. The reality is selling is a skill that many of us should have been taught very early on. I would even say in high school, we should be taught on how to deal with no's and rejection and turning our skills of what we have to offer into value for someone else. We should have been taught that very early on. With that being said, now we're here right? And ultimately, I want you to understand you have to practice selling yourself to confidently own it. So I often say this to my group, you have to practice it to own it. You have to practice it to own it. With each one of the mindset shifts that I shared, nothing is going to work if you don't prepare and practice for your moment. Oh, and I guess I should mention I have a freebie, five ways to communicate the value of what you do in my bio. Please grab it and practice it to own it. I could, But again, I could give you the scripts on what to say and how to say it. But if you're not prepared for that moment, if you haven't practiced how to talk about yourself, how to connect the dots between your past, present, and future, and adapt your skills and experiences to meet the needs of the person you are trying to convince or impress, it doesn't matter. You got to practice it to own it, people. Confidence comes from doing the work. Confidence from com- comes from showing up as you and showing up. Like you are prepared for this moment. So we have reached the end of mindset shifts to selling yourself. Which one of these mindset shifts resonated most with you today? Leave me a comment. Let me know. You can send me an email at hello at candiajohnson.com. If this episode touched your heart in any way, leave me a review. I would greatly appreciate it. Okay, party people. I will see you all next week.